Welcome to Love and Live Abundantly. I'm Alana. I'm Bill. Do you want to love more effectively? Do you want to live fully and love more courageously? We talk about what all that means. And how you can achieve it. Join Join us. us. Alona, I was thinking um, since last time about my Uncle Bill, and I know this doesn't sound like it relates, but somewhere in the the vast reaches of the backside of my mind, it does. Um, So if, if you'll bear with me. Many years ago, when I was first doing this clinical stuff, I was working in alcoholism and I would, I, I would work very hard and I thought I was very gifted. You know, I, I, I didn't know how ignorant I really was and I didn't know how to be professionally ignorant yet. But I, but somebody came in and they, they got it. The miracle happened. It sometimes happens in my business right there in front of me. Somebody had that aha moment. Oh God, I get it. You know? Mm-hmm. And I felt so damn proud of myself, I couldn't believe it. And you need to know that there were a number of super male forces in my life, uh, through my life. And my Uncle Bill was one of the most important. And to give you a little background, he was, in a way, in the same kind of business we're in, he was was a salesman. Uh, And he said, you know, you shouldn't take too much pride in that person getting well. And I said, well, why not? It happened. I'm going to. And he said, no, no, no. He said, the, the fact of the matter is that that person that you were dealing with has had a lot of people through the years giving him careful, loving, compelling information sending him messages about who and what he is and where he's coming from and where he's going that he's had lots of opportunities to hear the truth about his circumstance and that he's been given some opportunities to come to awareness he said in my business that would uh, become aware of that he needed my product he said but the truth is You don't know how many voices he had to hear before he heard yours. Mm. You don't know what his number is. And I said, okay, this is is magic parable time from Uncle Bill. And he told me a personal story that I'll share with you and that he told me I could share with anybody else. And that was that when he was a young man and left uh, our hometown, little McSherry's town, Pennsylvania, He moved to the Washington, D.C. area and became a fuller brush salesman. And for those of you who don't know, that was people who knocked on doors and they had a big briefcase and they had brushes and cleaning supplies and stuff. They sold the door to door. My mom actually had one of the fuller brush uh, little vacuum things. There you go. A little sweeper. Yep, yep. So my Uncle Bill signed on he had a suit and he had his wingtip shoes and he was knocking on doors and he was becoming 
more and more discouraged. Every time he knocked on a door, he became more and more discouraged uh, because he, he wasn't making sales. And he knew that some of the old timers there were making a nice living selling stuff door to door. So being the smart guy he was, he went to some of those old timers and said, what's the secret? I, I don't get it. I see you guys doing okay and I don't, I don't do it. And they took the time to sit down with him over a cup of coffee and they said, listen, this is the way it is. You're either very good or you're only so good. However good you are, <clears throat> there are going to be a certain number of doors you, ha you have to knock on. Where you get a certain number of no's before you get the first yes. And said to him, right now you don't know the secret that we know. We know that. So that every time we knock on a door and we get a no, we're not discouraged. We're encouraged because we're one more no closer to that yes. Absolutely. He said, and it's, it's like that with you, Bill, that people in your business have to hear the same kind of compelling message in a loving and caring sort of way before it clicks. And by God, he was right. I can't tell you the number of people in my practice over the years who 10 years later come back to me and say, I just had a guy on a bus say, blah, 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 blah. And I'll sit there and say, we, we, we talked about that eight years ago, a lot of times. It was like, I never said it. No, I said it, it got filed. And I don't know what his number was, but he had to have a certain number of people under a certain number of circumstances, say that to him. So I don't know what the number is, except that it's it's done two things for me. It has told me that I, I need not to be discouraged. That every time I do the, the right thing, I've done. I've gotten that person one more step towards. They're grabbing it, and they're being able to say, "Oh, I get it. I wish somebody had told me that." Yeah. Yeah. Even and I won't say I told you so. Now, why did why did that occur to me? Because I remember you talking about your cousin and about other folks who have that condition that we couldn't pronounce, where there there just seems to be some unaccountable lack of awareness of their here and now moment of who they are. And I, maybe they do. Maybe they, maybe they're, they're number six on the 14 that they need or number 54 on the 80 that they need. And maybe we all need to remember that so that we, we don't get discouraged by the people that we love not being able to move just because we told them they should or become aware just because we are it's hard well yeah and then i feel like you know i mean there's instances though where they where people can become depleting 
and angry and, you know, be <clears throat> very um, insistent that um, that you you give them things. Right. So I have um, I have another family member and, you know, he's insistent that that his family owes him the world and should, you know, send them certain amount of money every month. And, um, you know, so it's how much do you give? Like, yes, everybody has their number. And yes, you love people, you, you know, your core people, your family. But when understanding that they're in their own place and time and their own process in it, um, you know, when do you cut them off? Because I know people too that have, you know, their brother has schizophrenia and they haven't seen him in 12 years mm -hmm. because he was so angry and, you know, um, and emotionally and verbally abusive that they the family just couldn't take it any longer. And so he was out on the streets and now it's been, you know, years since there's been contact. So yes, I, I, I appreciate, uh, yes, everybody isn't going to hear at the same level. It all depends on where we are um, yeah. and keeping that self-care, right. And we're, making always making ourselves a priority over anybody in our, in our lives yeah yeah i had a i was doing a public speaking thing um and you don't need to know the background but we were talking about about the damage that kids can sometimes do to themselves or that 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 there are people that we know that have problems with alcohol or with drugs or whatever and there were there we were speaking to parents and how frustrated and how <clears throat> awful they can feel and how um, self-loathing they can feel about their inability to, to be good parents. <clears throat> and I didn't have a chance to respond to that. There was a, a woman in the audience who said, hold on just a moment. We can say all the right things and we can do all the and sometimes it doesn't work. But it doesn't mean we didn't say all the right things and didn't do all the right things. And I thought, thanks, lady, you just made my speech. <laughs> that was that was so wonderful. But the problem is, of course, I'll say all the right things. I do all the right things. But because they don't work, I'm... I could be tempted to wonder if I'm saying the right thing and doing the right thing. Or maybe I should do it more or bigger or better. When the truth of the matter is, according to my Uncle Bill, you just need to say the right thing and do the right thing and then say the right thing and do the right thing. And do right well, and I, I feel too, you know, people have to be responsible for their own actions and their own feelings and their own thoughts and their own life. Um, yeah. That, you know, we're, we're not necessarily, even as parents, you know, I mean, you do the best you can 
And then there's a certain point where it's like, okay, I've given you everything that I can and you got to figure it out. I can't tell you the number of parents I saw, I have seen over the years who want to come to me and talk to me and be reassured somehow that they did the right thing or they want to be coached on how to do the right thing. When they've been doing the right thing all along, but because it didn't work, they somehow take on that inadequacy on themselves. Yes. Yes. I, I must have I must not have done that right. Yep. Well, even with mental illness, I feel like parents blame themselves, you know. Well, and society does, right? Like it's society blames parents when that could be the furthest thing, you know, from from the truth. And sometimes we'll even go bigger than that. And sometimes we'll say, well, it's society. It's the society we live in that causes schizophrenia. Well, if that's so, then this society must be 50,000 years old because we have records that go back 10,000 years at least that speak to schizophrenia. I... When those parents come to me and talk to me about feeling like they could have done more, or they could have done something better, or maybe they're just not good parents or something. I have to help them to understand that that chronic illness that that loved person has, that schizophrenia or that addiction or whatever, that that bipolar thing, whatever that is. That that, that that was an abnormal condition by definition. And that what ends up happening is, is that as loving people, we do the right thing. We do the normal thing, right? And we keep doing the normal thing over and over and over again, thinking that somehow doing it stronger, better, slicker, whatever, somehow that'll turn them around. So the example that comes to mind is um, you're lying in bed late at night and the phone rings at three in the morning. And it's a cop saying that your cousin or your brother or your sister or your parents or your kid are at the police station because they were just arrested for driving erratic. So what do you do? Well, as a loving person, you run around like a chicken with your head cut off and you find the keys and, and you jump in a car and you drive down, and you bail them out, right? Yep. That's the normal thing to do. Until the second, fifth, 19th, 20th time. When all of a sudden the normal seems abnormal. When all of a sudden acting normally becomes a part of an abnormal pattern. I mean, so I can't blame parents who look at me and say, I feel like I'm nuts here. I feel like I'm the one who's stupid or crazy or something because I think I'm doing all the right things, but I'm so wrong. Yeah. That's why when you talk about coaching, I I love it because 
sometimes that's all folks need is just to be able to sit around with other folks and say, no, you're not nuts. No, you're not the insane person here. Uh, <clears throat> it feels that way because your sane, loving response seems to be met by a continuation of an insane and contrary kind of response. Yeah. That's what all these self-help groups are all about too. And it, it, you know, like Al-Anon and all the rest of them. Your coaching group, that's gotta be what it does for folks. What do you, what do you mean? That it gives them a, a place where, where they can hear that, where, where somebody can say, well, no, that's it. It's not you that's wrong here. It, it's not you that's off base. I feel that too. So that's not that weird. Maybe it's us that's not weird. Maybe it's us that's normal. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I feel like it goes, you know, when my um when my cousin passed away, uh, what was it? It was 2020. I think it was right few months into COVID and uh, she had two three-year-old twins and um and I thought wow like how how is you know my cousin's husband going to do this on his own right and and you know I started thinking well geez it would sure be nice if there were like a board of directors for parents right for parents <laughs> I don't know. That's what I would want. You know, I don't have children. However, I would want a board of directors because I would want to hear from other people who have parented, right? Like, because it's always retrospect where, you, you know, now at your age, you didn't know what you knew in your 30s when you were raising your daughter, right? And so you have a different perspective on raising kids now than you did 30 years ago. And yeah. so... You know, and because I feel like parents are expected to know it all. And and we don't, you know, like that's just ridiculous that um, you know, that that we're those those are the expectations where we're not really taught and and to have and how we think our own mindset is the only way, right? Mm. Like the only way that it can be, oh, if I'm going to raise my kids like this. And it's like, well, that could be good for one kid, but it may not be good for another. Right. Because right. they're all different. Yeah. We don't live in that time where we all came from large families, where we had lots of aunts and uncles and cousins to look to as role models. Large families in small towns where we could look around and everybody was kind of connected that way. Where There's less and less of that going on now. So so I see people looking for a replacement for that. Yeah. I wonder if maybe you you could do a coaching group for parents who want to learn how to be parents better. Possibly. Yeah, at, at least they could come in and say, all right, I think my kid's going to drive me crazy. You're right. They are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We feel that way too, but it passes. Wouldn't, pass. nice, wouldn't it be nice to hear that? Yeah. Like you're doing okay. So that's your next coaching group, is it? <laughs> I'm not committing to that, Bill. Oh, well, okay. Yet. Not yet. 
It was worth a try. Yes, perhaps one day, but it's not right now. Okay. So, so tell me again about the coaching group you are doing. So it is, um, it is for people who have experienced childhood trauma, who feel uh -huh. stuck in their lives. Um, you know, either they're, either they don't have boundaries, um, and they don't know how to say no and and say yes all the time, and then become resentful and don't have time for themselves. Um, they can be overworkers. Um, you know, overcommitted that they're scheduling their calendar, you know, morning to night so that they don't have to deal with their feelings and emotions, but they feel that there's something holding them back. Um, you know, it's just people who want different results, who don't, you know, who are starting to realize that, and maybe they've gone to therapy before, but what I offer is tools. Um, you know, it's not talk therapy. It's not talking through the process. Um, it's, it's really letting go. Like I do a lot of visual visualization on letting go and, you know, different activities and coloring in circles and, um, in, in letting go of the past and detaching from it, as well as tools and techniques to replace those old thought patterns and, mm -hmm and ways of, of being, um, you know, getting people used to taking deep breaths. I don't know. Have you heard of, um, William Hoff? No, tell us about it. So William Hoff is well known for, um, submerging your himself in ice tubs. And, um, because what it does is it, um, gives you, it, it affects your nervous system, right? You jump in a, in a ice well, tub. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't expect people to jump in a big tub, but one of the exercises that I do is I have people put their hands in, in an ice bucket. And so their nervous system is triggered and then they say that they're safe, right? So they are creating a different response for their brain and their nervous system. Instead of going to the trauma, they say that they're safe. And so by putting their hands in the ice and doing that and walking them through that, um, you know, gives them a different response. So it's really, it's really awesome. I love the interactive learning and, um, and I'm all about tools, life tools and techniques. It's not stuff that we were taught in childhood or school. It's not part of the curriculum, you know. Yeah, so many of my patients loved that kind of stuff. They they would say things like, can we do some more games? Uh, but they would be able to say why they wanted to do more games and what they were doing for them. It was, it, it, as you said, it, it let them experience something in a different context, in a safer context, where they could play with it a little bit. And it wasn't so scary to give it a try. Yeah. Well, that's a neat group. So is your group full? Um, it is not. It is not full. Um, it will and I actually I'm running them every month now. Um oh, and so um yeah, in it, it, it there is there is still time to reach out to me and let me know if you would like to join. My you can always reach me at my email address, which is hello at truthbetold.world. Hello at truthbetold.world. World. Yes. World. 
Wow. Whole okay. wide world. Not just a little org. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hello. At. What am I? So you email me, hello at truthbetold.world, and you let me know that you'd be interested in the group coaching program. So they can they can reach out to you and you can give more information if they need it or something. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Cool. And and see, I didn't know that you were that you were beginning a new one every month. Yes. Well, I just decided that. So oh, cool. So what what ends up happening is if people sign up, they they kind of are hooking up for ninety days or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, and every week for 90 days, we meet in a group setting um, on Zoom. So they have a safe place to go. Yep. Once a week. Yep. Where where everything is safe, everything's okay. Yes. And where they can try anything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm, And, you know, <laughs> since the trip in Ireland and the trauma that I've experienced, it's like, it's given me a whole bunch more of information and, um, you know, other ways to to get back to people because I just recently, you know, went through some trauma. And so I reapplied the tools for myself. So I feel it, it showed its validity again for me, even though I already knew that, but using it myself yeah. uh, and then just being open to other different ways as well so i've revamped the whole program i'm really excited wow way cool thanks now just one last question um if somebody signs up and they do a a full 90 days with you is there an option for them to sign up for another one absolutely so they could have okay so they could do a couple yeah, they can, I mean, or if they want to sign even up on one-on-one coaching, I offer that. I've got year-long clients that do one-on-one coaching with me, um, and then also year-long clients that um, are in the actual group coaching program. Way cool, way cool. The, I I, uh, I apologize, because I should have looked at the clock when we started this. How far along are we? I think we're just about ready to to close it up. Wind it up? Okay. Wind it up, close it up. Yeah. Neato. Neato. So, uh, and one of the things that, if, if you don't mind us talking about it um, on the blog, on the on the, the podcast, but can we talk about the blog that that we you and I have been talking about, maybe starting a blog where people can, can dip in and, and get additional kinds of stuff? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. What would you like to say? I just said it. Oh. <laughs> we're going to, that's what we're going to do, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to get it on, on the blog. I do believe that um, people can leave us comments on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. It just depends on what platform that they're on. So they can, they're, they can leave some questions or comments for us. I hope they will, because I really would. I wouldn't mind at all responding. In fact, if if people had comments about something that we said or did that turned them on or turned them off, that that would be very valuable. I'd like to hear that. 
yeah, we would love your feedback. Please share with us in the comments below on how you're enjoying us or not enjoying us. Okay. Well, then let's say goodbye. Ciao. Thanks for joining us. Join us on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Enjoyed this podcast? Follow us on social media, Truth Be Told, One World.